Listening to the Ron and Don Show. And And yes, my dad's pretty annoying. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 418 now of the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. And heck yeah, we are, of course, live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, I think uh, when we turn into our 40s, 50s, 60s, we start thinking about staying young again, and that's when we turn 60. We say 60s is a new 40, but we had just turned 50, and we said it's a new 30. So the goalposts move, but we always still want to see ourselves 20 years younger. Uh, I don't know about 20, but at 55, I could go for 45. Like 45 is cool, you guys. So, But then when I get to 65, is that going to be the new 55? I don't know if I wasn't happy with 55 and trying to be 45. Nonetheless, you get the point, and we're going to talk about a man that has just decided to do something to make himself feel younger forever it involves swimming <laughs> lots of swimming uh so we'll talk about that uh a little bit later on the ron and don show also when it comes to home prices we thought or at least the fed thought if we put the brakes on by raising interest rates won't that slow down home prices it has slowed down home sales Something really interesting has happened about home prices. We'll get to that. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Let's talk about friendship because a number of weeks ago on the podcast, I talked about going to see my therapist, and she had made a comment to me. She said, you know, what's really interesting is at your age (laughs) and with all the things that are screwed up in your life, she's a very, very uh, tough therapist. No, she didn't say that. Uh, She said, it's really interesting that you have these deep friendships not with just other women, but with other men in your life. And they're from all different times in your life, going all the way back to when I was a boy to fast forward now. And I have deep, deep friendships with men that I have met in different phases of my life. And I share that with you. And one is sitting here right now. And I thought what was interesting, there's an article in the Atlanta, you guys. We'll put this in the show notes for you. Because I felt like men were picked on a little bit. Women are pretty good at, at friendships later on in life. And, and men sometimes not so much unless it involves, you know, football or, or shots. <laughs> I don't see a lot of guys. I see this sometimes. Like there's some guys that say, hey, man, let, let's get 16 guys together and go to church. Usually it's let's get 16 guys together and let's go do some shots. And, and then maybe you go to church after that. I don't know. Or, or, or the next day when you're feeling like hell from the shots. In the Atlantic, uh, there's a really good article by Julie Beck. And what she has done is she has interviewed friends and, and she's done some research on friendship over the last three years. She calls them the friendship files. And her results are in the Atlantic this month. The name of the article is it's Six Forces that fuel friendship. So what I would like to do with Ron is just go over the six forces real quick. And I'm going to pitch, I'm going to let him hit here. And, and, and the last thing it mentions is something that I feel like Ron and I have, and we've always, I don't know if we always have, I think we let, we wouldn't be friends today if we didn't have the sixth one. So hang on for the sixth one. 
because the sixth one is very, very important. Listen to this. Number one, you got to have accumulation. It says in the Atlantic, the simplest and most obvious force that forms and sustains friendship is time spent together. One study estimates it takes spending 40 to 60 hours, you guys, together within the first six weeks of meeting someone to turn an acquaintance into a casual friend. And then about 80 to 100 hours to become more than that. So friendships, unsurprisingly, tend to form in places where people spend a lot of time. And that would be work, school, church, or extracurricular activities. That's pretty amazing when it comes to those numbers, isn't it? It is. And, and it, it illuminates some stuff because we've all had, or at least I, I'm assuming that most people have had, let's say you had a, a workplace friend that you considered a legit friend. You guys maybe would go out to lunch. Uh, maybe while you were working together, you would uh, hang out in, in a social setting now and then. And then one of you changed jobs for whatever reason. And that person just floats away. And it doesn't mean that you weren't actually friends. I, I don't necessarily think so, but I have people that we worked with when you saw them day in and day out that I would consider a friend. And it's because of that accumulation of time. You were happen to be in the same building. You would see them every single or five days a week. And you were around them enough to get to know them. And you talk about their weekends, you talk about their kids, talk about the highs and lows and, and things that go on in their life. Then when the job change happens, the, most of those people go away because you don't have the accumulation anymore. You're not, you're not in proximity of racking up those hours anymore. And it, it, it also, I think the flip side of that is the people that then break through that and you still maintain a friendship, even though the, the work thing has changed. I think that's a different caliber of friendship that is good to hang on to. Yeah. Number two, you got to pay attention. Making friends can be hard, but there may be more opportunities than we think. Doing these interviews has taught me that connection can come from anywhere, anytime, but both parties have to be open to it. Yeah. And and I think it's paying attention and also paying attention to the other person. So that that's an interesting one where when you're in a situation uh, let's say that you're at a, at a party and you happen to see someone and they give an example in the article, someone met someone at a party. It was like a, a, a same sex situation. So it wasn't dating. It was like a man saw another man at a social engagement. It was like, Oh, that guy, I like that guy. I like that guy's vibe. Like I, I think just in the, the 20 minutes that I was around them at this party that he seems like the person I want to be a friend with. And so they had an occasion a couple weeks later or whatever that they were in the same proximity again. And the guy, what the guy that had that intuition basically asked him out on a date mm. said, Hey, um, I saw you at the last party. I was thinking you and I could go do X. And it, I don't think it was do shots or whatever, but I think they went and did, they did some activity. They went it, to little darlings. It, it might've <laughs> been pickleball, Yeah, but they, um, he paid attention yep. to his intuition and then he took an action step and paid attention to the guy and said, uh, not in a, in a weird sexual way. I, I feel like I shouldn't even have to say that, but just paid attention to here's an activity. I think we both would enjoy. And they went and did that activity. Yeah. Number three, intention, uh, attention and intention are different. So you have to pay attention, but then you have to live with intention. That's right. Cause attention only gets you so far. So she talks about the fact that when opportunity arises, you have to put yourself out there. It requires courage, vulnerability, and willingness to let things be awkward. And you know what? I, I have great respect for kids out there 
that are only lonely kids like my son? Because you get really good at this or either really bad. I dropped him off at a camp this morning. He said, and he said, Hey dad, will you, will you, will you walk me into camp? And I'm like, of course. And then there's that moment. Cause we were at a different camp last week where, where, where he's sitting there, he's looking around, he's seeing there's nobody there that he knows. And you, you are looking for connection and a safe place. And like at the camp he was at last week, his, his reaction was, man, I don't know if I want to go, but once he was there, he didn't want to leave. And this is what I loved because he has intention about making friends is at the end of his camp last week, the first thing that he said to me when it was time to go on the last day on Friday, he said, can I stay and swim with my friends, with my new friends? And so today when we're going to camp, we're going to a tennis camp and he was going through some of the same stuff. And I reminded him of the courage he had last week because kids have to have a lot of courage to do this. And, And I said, man, just step into it. And I bet at the end of this camp this week, I bet you're going to feel the same way. So to find this courage sometimes, all we got to do is look at our kids because our kids have a lot of this because they, 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 um, for many of them, they have to do it each and every day. So Yeah, and I think the other thing about intention for me is checking your, your intention. You know, it's like, why, why do I want this and what am I bringing to the table? And so, you know, sort of getting outside of your own head and going, what, what, what would a great intention be? What if, what if I was on the flip side of this equation and someone was approaching me, what would I want their intention to be? And so I think that that's, that's a good checkpoint. Yeah. And this can be really good for a relationship that you have with a romantic partner as well. Number four, this is really important. You guys ritual. One thing that seems to make keeping up with friends easier, she writes is ritual. And sometimes the biggest barrier to having friends is that you don't see your friends. And so what about a book club? What about a monthly hike? What about a regular dinner party? Uh, what about going for a run? I know that this is something that you've done in, in your life through the pandemic. You said, Hey, I'm each and every week. I, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the phone with one of my guy friends and it's become a ritual for you guys, which has turned into going to trips, going diving, doing things, going, tasting bourbon on a non bourbon street in Kentucky. It did was that born from the ritual of having the, the these phone calls and these conversations? Yeah, you're talking about a buddy of mine that lives in California, and we decided in the pandemic to just have a weekly Zoom call. We were both of us were doing way too many Zoom calls, but we we have a weekly standing Zoom call meeting, and uh, that friendship has never been stronger, and it did result in some real life stuff. So having that ritual is important. And and you you do a good job at this with like your workout buddies or trail running buddies uh, that that you'll just know we have a standing appointment uh, to go do this stuff and it it it, supr- it gives you that structure and I think it also gives you something to look forward to yeah number five six of these you guys imagination uh, she writes and I think this is true society's placed a place for friendships and it's on the sidelines they're supposed to play a supporting role to work family and romance. What about if we had an imagination and with our friends, we bought a house together? Uh, I've done that. And I'm working on a house in Magnolia right now that I bought with a friend, 50-50 partners. Maybe you go to therapy together. reason I went to therapy initially was because of a, a relationship that wasn't working out. So I went with my partner. What about raising children together? I have to tell you, and I, oh, mm, didn't expect that. Uh I don't have any family members here in the, in the Pacific Northwest, and that's not my family's fault. I moved away when I was very young to go uh, chase my, my radio dreams and some other things. And, and with that, my son has aunts and uncles, and his aunts and uncles are great, 
and his grandparents and all that are great. But but these are visitations that happen every couple of years or one time a year. And so what about those relationships as a child is growing up? Who are going to be those people that are going to tell the family stories during the holidays? Who's going to come and help celebrate a birthday? And for my son this year, he and I celebrate our birthdays together. And we thought, you know, when we get on the other side of COVID, we want to have, you know, a birthday party and have some people come. Uh, and so what was really great is a bunch of my friends, our friends, who are now his friends, they showed up, including this guy over here, and and they showed up to pack the party and to have fun and to celebrate him turning 12 and turning 55. These are not my family members, but these are my family members. So Yeah, I mean, friends are the family that you choose, and I think uh, that's something that has been lost a little bit. But I really liked that section of this article of saying, for some people, um, we've all met those people that family is everything. There's a lot of people where family isn't everything. And they may be estranged from their family or not feel like they fit into their family or they feel like they're on the outside looking in with their family. And so having friends become the family is what they need. And so I think putting that out there or knowing that that's an option, normalizing that is a huge step. Yeah. This is the last one. And I I can't tell you how many times Ron has given this to me. In fact, we're, we're, we're recording on a, on a different day today because something happened in, in my life. Not a big thing, but it happened. And so I had to deal with that thing. And I can just text Ron and let him know, hey, I can't do this, but I can do that. And then when we were going to do it at some point over the weekend, we still couldn't do it. And what we had to do is extend grace to each other and say, hey, we know that the podcast is always out on Monday, but this Monday, it may still be out on Monday, but maybe it's going to be a little late. Uh, and there's some other things that are probably more private between us. But, but she writes, you can have all five of these things, but if you don't have the fifth thing, if you can't extend grace to friendships, if you can't be flexible, uh, you can't just always bend for it, friendships to fit, fit the shape of your life and what you need it to be, especially during the pandemic. And she talks about the fact that she was very touched as she was interviewing people uh, for the friendship files, how important it was to friends. And it doesn't mean you don't call that other person on the carpet sometimes, but you got to make sure there's carpet. And you have to make sure they can take it. And you have to make sure it's the right time. And you have to make sure that you do that with intention and love and care and concern and all those things and not out of anger, that you've calmed down. But 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 grace has is, is been really important in our friendship and, and I think in friendships uh, friendships overall. So uh, absolutely. And uh, it it's a, this is a really, really great article, um, I think, to to go through. And it, it's funny that you bring it up with Grace, because I, I have a a friend that doesn't always have the grace coming back. And it's like, it just sort of ends. Like you get to a point where I think that line you said, where they try to fit you into their space with no grace. And it's just sort of like, okay, like I'm, I I don't want to fit in that space. Like that's not, that's not the space that I fit into. And so if you, if there's no room for you to just give me the benefit of the doubt or to know that my intentions are good, that I'm not trying to, hurt you or take advantage of you, then I probably not going to be friends with them 
in the same way. Yeah. And it, it's sad because you, you go, Oh, this is, I really like being around this person except when that comes out. Yeah. It, it's all about the scorecard. And you know, where we learn to, to pull out a scorecard is sometimes when we saw our parents pull out the scorecard on us or we pull out the scorecard on a sibling. And, and, and sometimes I think the scorecard can be helpful, but other times it can be so freaking painful, right? Especially when the, when the scorecard is coming from a mean place. If, if I want to take my son to a really bad place, all I need to do is pull out a scorecard and start going over it when I'm in a place of anger and I'm pissed off. That is not helpful. Uh, and that will end that relationship. Maybe not now, but when he's 19 years old and he's out of the house, if he's out of the house, and we've seen this happen with kids where they just disappear, it's because they're tired of that scorecard. It takes a lot of love to leave the scorecard in the pocket and to never pull it out in the first place and to have those important conversations without a scorecard. We will see you on the other side of that. Hey, you guys, can you believe it? It's almost summertime in the great specific Northwest, and you know what that means. You're going to be driving this summer, so you know what that means. You have to stop by a Les Schwab Tire Center to make sure your tire tread is thick enough. Also, you got to make sure you have enough air, enough PSI in those tires. Also, are the tires balanced? Because if your rig is pulling to the right or left, that can cost you two to three to five to ten miles per gallon. How about that? And with gas so expensive, you got to make sure you're road trip ready at Les Schwab. And this is really cool. Right now, you could do this. Schedule an appointment at LesSchwab.com. Not only going to check your tires, but they're also also going to offer a savings up to $150 on a set of four select tires with Les Schwab financing. How about that? Learn more at leschwab.com slash sale. That's leschwab.com slash sale. That's Les Schwab. We're doing the right thing. has mattered since 1952. Laura Miller is one of the leading commercial real estate brokers around the sound. You see her name everywhere. But when she needed to sell her own home in West Seattle, she turned to Ron and Dawn. Dawn came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. As someone who regularly handles multi-million dollar deals, Laura has high standards and expectations, and she says the guys exceeded them. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market. What are you doing today <laughs> to, um, you know, move the sale forward? And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, uh, of course. And they would show me them watering the plant. <laughs> In no time, they got a deal done. Laura got even more than she hoped for. And she says she couldn't be more impressed with their service, attention to detail and results. They do have a way of making you feel like they're your only client. <laughs> I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. You did really well. They're awesome. They are just people you want to hang out with. <laughs> and if you're ready to get more for your door and work with some pretty awesome guys as well, it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down at ronandon.com. Hey, everybody, it's the Ron and Don show. Ronandon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show and our Ron and Don sit-downs with people. Uh, people are asking this. Is it a good time to sell? Is it a good time to buy? A lot of times when people are selling, they're buying as well. 
In fact, we're dealing with a number of clients right now. They're going to 1031 exchange an investment property or they're and, and I was on the phone with one of my clients this morning. He's like, do I sell? Do I sell? Do I sell? And without doing, I told you so, I said, you know, we've been having this conversation for six months and we're still in the same place. And we need to pull the money out of that house to go buy the thing that you really want, which is an investment property, because we're not going to go contingent in this market. And so we had the conversation this morning and said, okay, I'm going to sell. And then, and then something will happen on Friday where he's not selling. And then, and then we just, we'll, we'll come back and we'll have the conversation every Monday. So we're kind of stuck in this cycle of we should have sold, but we didn't. And then just trying to figure out where the market's going to go and where the market is going to take us. I see all kinds of opportunities in a market like this, Ron. What do you see? And, and people are really stymied by the fact that, and I don't think this can be a, a blanket statement for America or even the Seattle market. But overall, we haven't seen a lot of prices soften, but we are seeing a correction. And people are wondering, why haven't prices begun to crash so I can jump in and take advantage of a crash? Is there going to be a crash to be able to take advantage of? Can I just talk for a minute about markets? Because I, I go through this. I was just doing an analysis of this uh, for myself over the weekend. The, the psychology of markets is really interesting to me. And it can be the real estate market. It could be the job market, the relationship market, even the stock market. Markets are usually driven by fear and insecurity. And so when people have this felt need to like, I have to, I, I, I'm, I'm less of a person if I didn't time the market correctly. If I didn't, you know, sell at the exact right time or didn't buy at the exact right time. If you find yourself in that hamster wheel of, 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 of beating yourself up over the timing of the market, I'd encourage you to, to try and stop that and to think about it in a different way. I'll give you a good example that's not housing. I bought some Amazon stock, all right? And, and because I believe the company's going to continue to increase in value. I use Amazon. Uh, I, I buy stuff off of Amazon. You've been to the Amazon. I've been, I have not been to the Amazon. Oh. But I think that two Amazon. Of, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that Amazon's going out of business. I don't think that they are going to become less successful hey, over I see time. three other trucks outside right now. I don't think right. they're going out of business. So I bought this Amazon stock and, uh, and now the Amazon stock, I have lost money on the Amazon stock. Yep. So I bought, I, I must have bought it at a peak and now it's declined in value a little bit. And so I have a couple of choices here. I can Stick either, it in crypto. Yeah, I can either go, oh my God, what an idiot. I, the story I'm telling myself, I can't believe this. I have the worst luck. Of course I buy it at the top and now it's worth less. And you can go down that rabbit hole or I can say, do I still believe in Amazon? Do I think that this stock has intrinsic value? I do. And so it might not be for another six months or another year, but I, I with... 99.9% .9 of, of everything in me, I believe that that stock is going to be worth more in the future than it is now. Take that over to housing. We, uh, we've had clients before that just, they cannot get past whether the time was right. And I always try to tell them the time that is right for you is when you are ready and able to move. When you are to move, I mean, on the, on the process of, of the transaction. And physically move. Yeah. And so if, if you knew, if I gave you a crystal ball and you knew the exact day that was the absolute peak time to sell, but you had nowhere to move to, 
and you uh, did not have the ability to move on that day, then it doesn't matter if you knew it or not. It doesn't matter if you knew the bottom or the top. And so knowing, having the courage, like you said, to look at it and like, what is the best for me? And, And you referenced something I think in the last show, the smart money, and you look at people like the Warren Buffetts of the world, when do they typically buy giant positions in company? when everybody else is selling just be a firefighter when people are running from danger you run to it so that's what you do that 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 that's what you do when you're a firefighter and it doesn't always work out your way uh but chances are maybe you save a building and save a life right so run to it think about that run to it warren buffett was right run to it uh instead of running away from it like everyone else because as everyone's running away with fear, you take advantage of that by stepping in, stepping up, just really leaning into it and doubling down. All right, we'll see you on this side. Hey, you guys, we want to thank everybody in the Ron and Don Nation that has been switching to Mitch and Mitch.loans. Mitch, I got to ask you, here comes 2022. A lot of people are thinking money's going to be way too expensive. I'm not even going to be able to afford a home. What are you hearing about money, finances, stock market, interest rates as we start looking at 2022? What does it look like? That's a great question. And everyone's saying rates will rise. But when we we have to keep in mind that rates rising is totally a perspective thing, right? Because rates have been, yes, two and a half, three percent recently. But when we were young <laughs> or when our parents bought houses, rates were 12, 15 percent. So still compared to that, rates are good. And we see rates going up. But Rates will stay manageable, and money's still cheap, guys. All right, he's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. Go to Mitch.loans right now. Tell him you're with Ron and Don, and you save half a percent on your new loan. Mitch.loans, NMLS, 169-1573. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. And uh, before we get out of here, um, a lot of people, I think, as you look at our ages, and we look at the ages, the people look at the podcast. So we're all around the same age. A lot of people that listen to this are kind of 35 plus. I'm 36. Uh, You're 36 what? <laughs> Your waist is 36? 32, man. I'm in the 32. I haven't been in 32s in a while. I'm in 32. I'm back. Pre-pandemic. I was up to like a 34, which is a lot for me. I bug the crap out of me. Anyway, anyway so, so back to 32. With that said, uh, they were talking to a gentleman in Lake Tahoe, trains to uh, swim. And I don't know if you've ever been in Lake Tahoe. Uh, just Google it and see how cold that water is. And it's always cold because the, le- the lake is so damn deep. It, it basically goes down to the core of the earth. Uh, and you'd think it'd heat it up, but it doesn't. It gets colder. And if you want to see really cool dead bodies, just Google the dead bodies of Lake Tahoe. What do you mean uh, really cool dead bodies? They're cool, man. Especially the people that have gone down uh, in planes, cars, all that stuff. There's been people down there for, for a very long time. And what's cool about it is the bodies are perfectly preserved because the lake is so cold. <sighs> I don't think that's cool at all. You're going to Google it. I'm not going to Google it. You you love I'm, serial killers. You don't like dead bodies at the bottom of the lake? The, those people aren't alive anymore. I don't anymore. like serial killers. I, don't I like, I like the from- fact that fish haven't gone down there and eaten these bodies. And I would like to think if I ever died in Lake Tahoe that I'd be down there perfectly preserved. 
right. How I'm is that I'm not, not looking cool? It, I'm not looking it You up. think it's better that the body bloated and came up to the top and then all the different fish ate it and then they... I, I, don't, I don't think that's cool. I liked it better if we're just going to talk about a guy swimming on top of Lake Tahoe. Yeah. Anyway, there's a guy that has said, uh, the way that I stay young and he trains with some friends, is he says, each and every year I go and I swim Lake Tahoe. I, I do something different, with, uh, something similar with some of my friends. Uh, in fact, we have a thing that we're doing in Maui, a very good friend of mine is turning 60 and so i think there's there's a handful of us that are training right now to ride all the way around maui the whole island there's something called the maui loop and the west maui loop so we're gonna fly over there and a bunch of guys and gals getting on bicycles and it it is i i drove it in a car while i was there last time just to see what i was getting myself in i don't think i'd drive it in a car a second time because it's so treacherous and I have ridden the whole Rocky Mountain chain on a bicycle. I've ridden the whole Rocky Mountain chain growing up. So is Ron uh, skiing and snowmobiling and doing all that stuff. I'm telling you, because I got an appetite for crazy stuff. It might be a little too crazy for me. I mean, it is. They have cars everywhere that are burned out, that have been hit. And, and, and the reason they leave the cars there is because they want to remind people to slow down. The speed limit on some parts of this road, and this is a road sometimes that is just a single lane road, so people are honking horns as they're going right through the mountains. The, the, the speed limit is three to five miles an hour, and people are always honking their horns, and you see signs in, in people's yards, please don't honk your horn, we're sleeping, whatever that is. Anyway, anyway we, we've, we've put together this thing, and I have to say it's been really helpful because it's one of the reasons I'm training so hard right now is because I don't want to go over there and flop in front of my friends. And so, so we are working on, on doing something together, uh, something to look forward to. And a lot of times when we get together and we do this Maui bike ride, then we'll say, okay, what's the next thing that we want to do together? And, and typically for us, it involves perspiration <laughs> – because we like that kind of thing. I don't think it has to, but the power of having something to look forward to with friends and then uh, and then training or getting ready for it, uh, I think it's pretty wonderful. And, and I think it keeps our brain engaged. And for a lot of us, it keeps your body engaged as well. So Yeah, I don't have a training thing, but after we did the bourbon trail, we were thinking about uh, Halloween in New Orleans. How do I train for that? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Buy some body bag insurance before you go down there. I'll say that. Man. Anyway. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to episode 418 of the Ron and Don Show. We sure appreciate that. If you want to get signed up for the Nation News, it's a newsletter we send out each and every week. We don't sell your information. We won't bomb you with, hey, it's another note from Ron and Don. We send it out once a week about something cool going on in our lives or the real estate market. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com if you want. Also, buyer's playbook, seller's playbook. Ron, we've written these books just for you. You know, it takes about maybe 20, 30 minutes to sit down, have a cup of coffee, and digest these. If you're going to do a Ron and Don sit down with us, you got to read one of these first. Yeah, if you're wanting to jump in or just have some questions about the market, email me, ron at ronanddon.com. That's ron at ronanddon.com. Yeah, and don't forget, if you want to advertise on this podcast, uh, our advertisers get incredible results. Uh, just reach out to me personally, don at ronanddon.com. Uh, and we can talk about that today, Don at ronanddon.com. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode 419. Before you know it, yeah, you're listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 only.
on the Ron Don Radio Network. <laughs>